Welcome to The Ledger Show. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Christian, and today we have Maria. Maria, welcome to The Ledger Show. Hey, thank you very much, Christian. Very excited to be here. My pleasure. So you told me you have something like 36 different tech teams at Flix. Yeah, that's true. We have, I think, uh, currently it's around 36 tech teams, and we call it Flix Tech. And I am working uh, in team financial services. So, How many teams do you have, like tech teams, related to sort of fintech stuff? Uh, in fintech stuff, I would say we have around five or six teams. And I mean, it depends how you would uh, identify who is related to fintech and who is not, because we have uh, the split into different domains. And for example, the pricing and um, revenue management is uh, one domain. And for example, financial services in the finance domain. And for example, payment is uh, in e-commerce domain and so on. So it depends how to distinguish, let's say. Okay. But the fintech function somehow is a pretty big function because it's like uh, four to six team is a lot of people. Yeah, I would say... Uh, yeah, I think we have multiple products. Even we, Team Financial Services, have multiple products. And they are fintech. And just to give you, like, uh, to give to the audience, uh, like, a, a quick introduction about your role and about what you do there. Mm -hmm. I am product owner uh, in Team Financial Services, basically, yeah. And uh, I'm responsible uh, for uh, maximization of value uh, from the investment of efforts uh, in our team, yeah? So what is this right major thing uh, to do, yeah? And uh, if we're talking about uh, team financial services, um, this team is working on development and evolution of products which uh, enable indirect tax calculations, different ones, and tax-based distribution, and reporting to financial authorities worldwide and B2C invoicing. And we also provide currencies, exchange rates, post sales prices, data, revenue allocation between uh, different legal entities um, in Flix universe. So actually, it is exactly how it's named. We have multiple financial services. At the same time, all of them are consolidated in the one uh, post-booking financial transactional flow. And data from one service basically goes to another and so on. And um, of course, we are also interdependent with other teams at Flixtech and their products. Yeah. So our services feed uh, upstream financial systems like ERP or business intelligence, for example. And we uh, base our calculations on the data coming from booking funnel, from network planning and so on and so forth. So that's how it works. I have a few questions. So first question is... I guess your main stakeholders are internal users. So you're providing... Well, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Of course, we have um, many uh, business teams as our stakeholders. It's, uh, of course, uh, tax team, local finance teams, business development teams, uh, accounting team, teams, controlling teams, a lot of customer service teams. And at the same time, we also uh, have, uh, let's say, normal users, normal Flix users as our uh, stakeholders as well, because we're influencing with our uh, services on their lives, because we, for example, create the 
customer invoices as financial document, yeah, which uh, gives an understanding of the uh, purchase uh, during the booking funnel. And also we calculate, for example, the taxes which are paid and we reflect them on financial uh, documents and so on. You mentioned that you integrate with the ERP. And I often talk to other companies and they they think that, or they, they build their finance stock and they have the ERP at the central of the system, their system, and then they try to extend the ERP, adding more functionalities. Uh, like, what was the reason behind having a financial service team in Cyflex? Like, it, because you mm -hmm. recognize something or? Well, um, I think, um, I mean, of course we have ERP system, but it's just one of our, let's say, consumers or our one of our clients for our services, yeah, for financial services team. And um, if we're talking about why, why Flix needs financial services, I think it's it comes uh, from the essence of the company, so, so from its nature. So if you need uh, to operate in the transportation industry, right, especially worldwide, you have to get the taxes calculated and declared correctly, right? You have to get to know how much money do you need to transfer to your partners for their services. You have to ensure the compliance with local regulations to keep your operational license, yeah, at least. You have to get from somewhere the data which exchange rates you need to use if you operate internationally. You have to protect your revenue and reputations, <laughs> by the way, from risk of penalties and fines, uh, which are also costs. And of course, um, company might hire uh, enough people to do all of this or delegate such needs to financial services. Yeah? So the products which get things done in the automated way and which makes even more sense as company grows. And I think this brings us, by the way, to the topic of challenges which we experience at uh, financial services every day. Like I know a lot of companies are just killing out with uh, a spreadsheet and adding more people. Mm -hmm. I guess you decided to take a different path. Of course. I mean, uh, if we are talking... Um, about the main, main, main challenge we have, uh, it, uh, it is caused by growth, right? I mean, growth in both directions. So we have intensive growth. We need to handle the growing volume of transactions. So I don't know, Flix uh, started with probably hundred, uh, hundreds of bookings. And now it's millions of bookings and financial transactions as well, monthly, yeah? So millions monthly, hundreds of thousands daily. So the volume is growing. This is the intensive growth. And of course, extensive growth. So going worldwide, uh, each new market has very special conditions. And I mean, uh, custom legislation, regulations. Take as an example, for example, um, tax or fiscal laws or customer laws, which we need to be compliant with. I think currently Flix is present uh, in 36 countries, and this is not that. So... Uh, this growth in both directions is actually brings us to the challenge. Yeah? And the challenge is how to make it scalable to reach profitability and to keep compliance at the same time. How, how to make it. Yeah? And uh, financial services um, team has its own way, or maybe uh, this way is not, uh, maybe it's common, yeah? but uh, the two main points is the First one is the automation of financial business processes, for sure. So as I mentioned before, we could hire more manpower, yeah? 
but it, it is not scalable and not profitable. And we are finance, so we have to make the calculations correct and data full and accurate. So we need to avoid the human mistakes and get the processes as smooth as possible. And the second very important thing in our approach is the uh, generalization and standardization in our product. So we cannot build from scratch everything for every new market. Um, it will take ages, right? So we need to come up with some, um, some solution with such architecture which will allow us to scale together with the network extension. So imagine you go to the new market and you make it happen within some um, affordable period of time, let's say. Yeah, and this scalability is the key to make, to make the company profitable and more effective in reaching regula regulatory uh, compliance and financial excellence. And for current Flix setup, I don't see how you could make it just with some um, Excel spreadsheet and, and power. It's not the case. Yeah, like uh, I, I don't see a nice way of doing that without automation and without having a team. Um, how big is your team and what, what kind of roles uh, you have there? Currently, my team is uh, six uh, people um, and we are hiring. So we're hiring more um, software engineers right now uh, to make sure that uh, we can handle more, let's say, in our uh, products to enhance them, to make them scalable, to improve uh, everything what we would like. So I think uh, within the next year, it might uh, be, I don't know, up to nine, 10 people. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I guess it's um, kind of, end-to-end -end team, so you have uh, back-end developers, front-end developers, QA, so you can focus on all the functionality you need to provide. Yeah, uh, we are cross-functional team, uh, of course. Uh, so we have uh, full-stack uh, software engineers mostly, mm -hmm. and QA, of course, yeah, and product owner, me. And um, I think uh, we are lucky mm -hmm. uh, because uh, at Flixtech we have other teams uh, and if we need some support we can also um, use this opportunity yeah? so this is already like the community community of product owners and community of uh, tech teams and uh, of course there are like uh, special things um, for engineers and QA and yours and designers and so on so if we need um, some specific expertise and something we could uh, get help easily Okay. And what about the challenges uh, that you're currently facing inside your team? Um, I think uh, inside uh, the team, I already answered <laughs> what are the challenges. <laughs> um, because uh, the challenge is to make this scalable. So how to make uh, the solution scalable to reach profitability. This is our everyday challenge and every our um, decision made, we should, um, we should uh, keep going with this approach, yeah, which I mentioned before. So the aut automation and the generalization and standardization, which I mentioned. But if we're talking um, about challenges of a product owner working uh, on uh, financial products, I uh, think um, 
two things come to my mind here. And first one is the mindset of uh, stakeholders. Because uh, you mentioned already that we have uh, very different business teams as our major main stakeholders, right? And while working on financial products, the product owner needs to uh, manage the expectations. And in finance area, it's uh, common to think in a more like projected way. Yeah, that's that we have a budget, we have some scope, we have a deadline, and now multiply it 100 times and you will get my routines. Yeah. Um, but changing of mindset to product oriented is not so easy. Yeah? It requires time and efforts and authority and a lot of knowledge sharing, but it matters uh, because when uh, stakeholders start thinking uh, like in a more product oriented way, they are finding and helping um, what we could improve and what uh, we could make more generic or more um, like a standard for um, worldwide setup. Yeah, it's not just uh, let's handle this small thing for this particular country, but rather thinking, okay, how our product can help the finance team in that particular country to solve their, their problems. So this matters, but it is hard. And the second challenge, um, I think it's the prioritization. I know it sounds like a classics for every product owner, prioritization, yeah. But what I mean here is that when you are working with uh, compliance, it is hard to estimate the impact of the changes to prioritize them, yeah. You cannot just calculate money you lose or gain or like potentially lose a gain or uh, the impact of the audience or something. Um, you need to consider a lot of things. So you might get the penalties or might not get, or the penalties could be very different uh, for different uh, changes for different requirements. Authorities could apply different measures. Yeah, Some requirements could be optional and not mandatory. Yeah. Uh, for example, tax advisors might treat the same law differently. It happened a lot. And revenue at risk could change rapidly uh, within one month and so on uh, and so forth. And the thing is that um, you have to work more with like risk assessment yeah, and the level of confidence. So, okay, if we uh, would not do it, uh, what it will bring? Yeah, Or if we do it this way, what it will bring? Uh, how how high the risk of not doing this and so on. So uh, this is uh, which we need every time to consider and uh, it works only with the close collaboration with the stakeholders. Okay. Of course. Yeah. I have a lot of questions and like, I think I want to start by like digging a little bit more and the curve functionalities that you provide. So mm -hmm. you mentioned that um, as a, the, the financial service team, you provide taxation, fiscalization and invoicing. Mm -hmm. These are the, the three main components. Uh, which one are the artists to provide or which one are the one that brings more challenges? Which one brings the more challenges? Uh, <laughs> good question. I think all of them <laughs> bring some challenges. Um, if we're talking about taxation and you know what? Um, I think they all actually have one common challenge, yeah? So um, 
when company grows worldwide, uh, you need to handle a lot of different uh, requirements. And it sometimes uh, comes to some dilemma. Uh, you need either build something uh, from scratch for you, for you or buy the existing uh, solution, right? So we are, for example, uh, working a lot with uh, third-party providers for some different data or, for example, for fiscalization. Yeah, we have in different countries the partners who uh, help us to uh, report to authorities some financial uh, data. Yeah? And uh, the challenge here, which we have for all of them, is actually that uh, um, there are no solutions which are suitable for the globe. Unfortunately, so you cannot just uh, make an integration of one partner and forget about it. Unfortunately, every time you need to um, check what you can do for every new market in sense of taxation, in sense of fiscalization as well. And in what invoices are the reflection of uh, taxation. So. Okay. So because of the complexity of taxation and fiscalization, at least for now, you have to deal with an external partner to provide the service in every country where you operate. Um, not in every country, but in some countries. Okay. It depends. Again, it depends on the regulations and the requirements because every country creates something very custom, normally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, it really depends. Uh, take any country, let's say country X. Yeah. Uh, there could be some, let's say, new indirect tax type, right? It's not only as we have VAT in Europe, in, in, in most of European countries, right? Um, it can be something different. It can be that we need to apply not just one tax, but several taxes. Or the tax calculation is very complex because it's just not just one tax rate, but rather like a matrix where you need to uh, consider the um, origin and the destination of the right and so on. Yeah. Do you provide your services for the entire Flix group? So also for US because you operate also there of now? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So it's Europe yeah. and US. Yes. Financial services provides the uh, taxes, tax, so literally defines net and tax uh, for the globe and yeah. for all countries where currently Flix operates. You have a lot of funds. So yes. You have Europe with so many countries and then you have US that also you have uh, like every country has their own like sales tax and all these sort of things. US, it's not the most challenging country uh, in my opinion because uh, some other countries have um, more complicated uh, taxation logic. I don't know. Take, the, take Brazil, for example. Okay. So Brazil is really complex. Brazil is, is complex. So Brazil uh, has uh, several tax uh, types which should be applied. And even if you take just uh, one of them, ICMS it's called, you have to calculate it based on the um, state of uh, departure and the state of the destination. And sometimes you can also um, apply some additional taxes on top. So it depends. And if we're talking about... Um, complexity of taxation in general, uh, you have to understand that there are a lot of nuances which are related to the transportation industry. Yeah, Because when you sell different services, not only ride, but for example, luggage, or uh, you have some additional fees in your shopping cart and so on, 
you might have uh, different um, tax logic, tax like strategies, let's say. I, I want to focus on another thing that you mentioned before, which is the build versus buy. Uh, how, yep. how did you approach this or how, how are you approaching this right now? Uh, I think it's like the this this dilemma is constant. Yeah, every time when uh, at least every time when we expand the network, we need uh, first of all to get to know what exactly we need for the new market. Yeah, and if uh, there is some special requirement, for example, let's take compliance with uh, local fiscal um, fiscal law. Yeah, so local fiscal law. Uh, you can build uh, something on your own, or you can, for example, integrate with some uh, partner who will ensure that uh, the data is reported to authority. Yeah, and sometimes uh, it's easier to integrate because the solution is already there. Yeah, you can uh, already um, sign the contract and use the API which exists. Yeah, and sometimes not. So it it really depends. Okay. So you don't have like an internal policy that should either build internally or both outside. It, it really depends on each specific use case. Um, yes, I would say, but we uh, have to consider because, uh, you know, it's like time, right? Uh, if you want to launch uh, quicker, you might consider what, what would be quicker actually, build mm -hmm. or buy? What are the return on investments? And, and so quicker on. is always better, generally speaking. It's something you prefer. Mm, uh, I mean, um, it depends what you mean. Of course, quality matters. Um, if we're talking in more like a general way, right? Um, but uh, quicker, I mean, more cost efficient. Yeah, because time is also cost. Uh, and when you, for example, invest your efforts, I don't know, uh, one week or one month or one year. It is reflected in your cost, right? So in the most cost-efficient uh, way and maybe with a good time to market. Okay. Okay. Do you consider also the maintenance cost or it's something that at least at the beginning you don't consider? Because I think there is a lot of work on, you know, keeping mm -hmm. your tax engine up to date with all the changes happening in all the countries which you operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in financial services team, we have an approach of you build, you maintain. Yeah. So we maintain everything what we built. Um, and I think that uh, in maintenance, we invest around 20% of our time currently. Uh, and you're right. We um, consider maintenance costs, of course. And we are trying always to optimize and um, to, un first of all, uh, in order to optimize, you need to know what what you need to optimize, correct? So, and uh, we have an approach that we, we need to track how it works, to measure how successful our products are. And then if some problems uh, exist there, we are trying to investigate uh, the causes or uh, evaluate the impact of uh, something, right? And to understand, okay, whether we should uh, optimize here or should we improve here, it's just we can uh, say that we take this risk, I don't know, if uh, it has the small impact and so on. Yeah, so I think the data monitoring uh, is the key here to uh, understand 
what and how should be improved. And if we see that something uh, brings us a lot of maintenance costs, we for sure will uh, do some adjustments. Something that I discovered during this month is that there is new, this, this kind of new trend in technology. And I'm talking about uh, the engineering part, which is like fintech or financial services, like for internal use cases. Like now I see a lot of companies that are writing, uh, are the, that they're hiring engineers with a specific fintech focus. Like we need to build on an internal ledger or we need to build an invoicing system for our company or we need to build a payment thing. But it's not a core part or core part of the product offer. It's more about we need to, to have this because uh, what we can find outside doesn't really work for us. And it was, it's pretty much what we need to keep scaling. Um, I, I will be curious in, in getting like your thoughts about this, whether probably from the other side, you also see this or it's a trend that you, you have seen in the I don't know, last years or. Mm -hmm. um, well, um, it's um, tricky, I think, for our case, because every time when we are trying uh, to find the existing uh, solution for us, it is not so um, good enough, let's say. <laughs> now, for example, transportation industry has some nuances, as I already mentioned. Yeah, And sometimes even uh, if uh, on the market uh, there is already some... Uh, solution which you can buy with uh, with partner with whom you can integrate is sometimes just uh, not uh, fully suitable and like what are the ways to solve the problem you can of course try to negotiate the changes on their side to uh, pay on top right or uh, you can try to estimate what um, it will require to build from uh, scratch on your own yeah, inside Flix. It's again, uh, I think it's again the dilemma of uh, build and buy. When we're talking about uh, hiring the um, engineers with uh, specific knowledge, um, you know, I would say that we are focusing more uh, not on the previous experience uh, in fintech, but rather on the hard skills and soft skills in general. Yeah. Mm. And um, we have, let's say, we have uh, the set of values, and if we see that there is a match, then uh, it could be a good candidate for our team. I could again uh, give you <laughs> one um, thing which I already mentioned uh, related to the hiring. So, for example, when I said that uh, we are trying to make all our products scalable, right? And uh, this can happen only through generalization and standardization. And if an uh, engineer doesn't understand this concept, yeah, so he or she uh, is not able to um, to pull some different, uh, very different requirements and try to understand what is actually common. Yeah, how could we approach uh, this? How we could split it to chunks? How would we offer here technically uh, some scalability and so on? Then, unfortunately, it's not uh, maybe our match. This this one thing which matters for us, and maybe it's, it matters more than previous experience in specifically fintech product development. 
Is there any fintech community for or financial services community for product owners? Uh, no, we have a community for product owners in general. So it's not just uh, fintech related. It's rather for next tech uh, yeah. for all teams. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard this this concept, but there is a famous VC, American VC, that uh, that says something like uh, every company is going to be a fintech company in the future. <laughs> you kind of agree or disagree with this? As I said already, uh, the having financial services is essential, in my opinion, for every company, especially going uh, worldwide. And uh, I would agree, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they really attach this, like every company is going to be a fintech company and every company is going to be a global company. So you pretty much need the fintech part because otherwise you wouldn't, like, you, you will not be allowed to, to scale globally. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, or, or have the good partner which will provide you uh, all those uh, services and satisfy all your needs, right? So maybe it's uh, also about uh, about the new companies or new plays or startups uh, in the market. So for example, take this day. Um, I would not call it like a trend, but uh, some tendency in startups, uh, regulatory uh, tech, yeah, reg tech. Yeah, and so the startups uh, were covering the needs of um needs of be compliant with something yeah it can be like uh, personal data storing or some you know cookie solutions or, or something or also fiscalization process yeah process of reporting to be compliant with and so on and uh, i read that uh, there could be uh, more and more companies in uh, this niche yeah. coming to the market so, so now, maybe, now I need maybe to... if you will, if you will be able to find such company which will satisfy all the needs, which our products, products of financial services team currently satisfy, maybe okay. you do not need inside uh, the fintechs if inside okay. your company. So l- let's say now that you are either an investor or you want to start a company, okay. <laughs> which is the market that you will target, like the, the like you will build a product about taxation, you will build a product about fiscalization, a product about um, uh, reg tech, or a product about like global invoicing? Um, well, I think global tech API would be my product then. Global tech <laughs> To API. solve the, the, the problem of having tax um, calculations worldwide with one. So, okay, you just send your customers' data, what you're selling, and then you get the tax rate and all these sort of things. Yeah, uh, it's it's not so uh, easy, you know. It's quite a complex uh, area because of uh, different taxation um, rules or regulations. Um, as I already mentioned, uh, you might have very different rules for different um, services or products you sell or industry-related things. Yeah. So Flix is a transportation company. But if, I don't know, maybe your company is, uh, I don't know, 
some retail or something and so on. And your industry also will bring a lot of challenges. So it really depends on the, the, the vertical in which you operate. Uh, it depends on the vertical on which you operate. It depends on the set of countries which you need, right? Um, because I don't know, some companies are interested only in European market, but for European market, it's not so complex because you mostly have uh, the same tax rates, uh, your country for indirect tax um, calculations, right? So it, it depends on the continent where you operate. It depends on the industry, it depends on products. Yeah, it depends maybe also on the volume of uh, your um, uh, bookings or purchases. I don't know what, what we're talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah, it seems like a really interesting and big problem to fix. It is. I think uh, there are a lot of such problems which are not fixed yet. Yeah. So at least uh, what I see when I'm trying to search for some uh, potential partner or some potential provider, there are a lot of uh, needs which are not satisfied. Maybe they are very, very uh, specific or niche uh, needs and maybe not every company uh, would like to tackle it, yeah, to handle it uh, because of this. But it, it, it is the situation on the market. So it's not so easy to find uh, some global providers. Yeah. With the, with the coverage needed with some specifics which you need. Okay. Yeah, I guess that like finding also a company that could operate and could provide a service at that scale, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy at all. Like you need to be compliant pretty much in every country and every country is so different, especially if you work across different continents. I guess Europe is pretty much standard, but then you have uh, North America, South America, Central America, and then you have Asia, Australia, Africa. Um, I guess it's really a lot of complexity. Yeah, it is. I can only cut from it. <laughs> okay, uh, it's time to wrap up, Maria. Uh, are you ready for rapid fire of questions? Yeah, I'm always ready. <laughs> Okay, so what is the best piece of career advice that you ever received? Um, my teammate said once, um, please don't lose your certain something, meaning some uniqueness or authenticity in my working style. And you know what? I believe we all have this certain something. The combination of such actually creates an advantage from our collaboration in multicultural, international, cross-functional teams yeah? and allows us to build great products. And if you ask me for career advice, I will, I also have one. I always say, um, be open-minded and dream big. If nobody did it before, it doesn't mean that it's impossible. We just need to find out how to make it possible. Like, I don't know, for example, take Elon Musk with his basics. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Pretty good ones. Uh, what book would you recommend to our audience? Or to appeal building products in the fintech mm -hmm. space? Um, well, uh, for product management uh, skills enhancement, I would highly recommend uh, Continuous Discovery Habits by Teresa Torres. It's no matter fintech, e-commerce, or any other area. If you want to build uh, great products, you need continuous uh, product discovery. So it's like basics, let's say. Um, 
if we're talking more about finance related, uh, my recent finding is the RegTech book, the Financial Technology Handbook. There are, I think, three authors. Um, it's exactly about what we talked uh, today about this uh, new trend of regulatory uh, technology and startups and so on. So may maybe it could be interesting, uh, interesting for our listeners today. Is it called the RegTech book? Yeah, exactly. The RegTech book, I think, the financial technology handbook for um, entrepreneurs, investors. Okay, that's quite generic. Something I, I think if if you Google, you will find it on the first. Okay. Uh, next question: What's your main passion outside of work? Um, and no, running and recently yoga. I think okay. uh, some great ideas or maybe best <laughs> ideas uh, coming to my head during some sport activities. I just I just use this opportunity. Okay. Uh do you think there is a particular topic that we should cover during one of our next uh, podcast episode or um, a guest that we should have here? Uh, maybe it could be also interesting to share some, um, some interesting products. Uh, I mean, of course, fintech products, which uh, every can uh, leverage uh, some benefits on. Yeah, so like, I don't know, maybe some providers, global providers or something, or maybe the new, I don't know, uh, payment platforms or like, you know what I mean, <laughs> anything what uh, could be useful for uh, people working uh, uh, in fintech and searching so maybe like for some existing solutions. Yeah. Okay. So new providers like global trends, uh, how is the, the technology evolving in the space? Okay. Yeah, and maybe with some particular names. So if we are uh, naming here the books or, I don't know, podcasts, we uh, recommend, we also could recommend some already existing solutions, right? Okay. And the last question, uh, is there anything in particular that you're learning right now? Um, I think I learn every day something new. Every day, every day, every <laughs> day. It could be the regulations and legislation changes in some different countries, and more like tech-related things. I don't know, for example, how how data flow works in our tech stack, and how could I get some data inside? So using the tools we have in place, and um, but th this is, I mean, yeah, like a daily routine already. And if we are talking about some topics of interest. Then I would say I learn now and I'm interested in how different teams patterns and organizational setup help to avoid the frictions and leverage all the benefits. And by the way, there is one interesting book um, as well about this. It's called Dynamic Retiming by uh, Heidi Helfand. It's um, like, an, uh, like quite a comprehensive overview of different options of teams organization. Yeah, how, how split the teams, how maybe change the place inside teams and how organization uh, benefits of such different kind of patterns. Yeah, and that's what I'm learning now, yeah. Okay, so shaping your team and learning how to shape the yeah. teams inside the company to deliver 
Yeah, and what is the best and, and what is the best setup for organization actually? Yeah, for this current time, because uh, with time everything is changing, and maybe we need to. Um, it's called dynamic retiming, so maybe we need to retim dynamically. Yeah, Th that's a pretty interesting topic. Yeah, uh, and I guess so. It's also evolving, like because it's dynamic, so things are changing constantly. Okay, so the team could evolve. Okay, exactly. So if people want to find more um, about Flix, uh, they can check the website, Flix.com. Yeah, exactly, Flix.com. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? I think uh, LinkedIn is the easiest way to connect. Just type there, Marie Yelisieva, Flixbus, and you will find me. Okay. Maria, thank you for joining me today. It was a pleasure and wishing you the best. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And I also enjoyed it and good luck. Thank you.